Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, gentlemen and ladies. Welcome to another week, another episode of the Medicine Ball Podcast. You could have chose to be anywhere else in the world and you chose to be with me. I appreciate it and never take it lightly. Before we get into it, let that beat drop. Yes, yes, welcome to Medicine Ball with your boy LS3 to be exact. And if you ain't in shape, at least your brain should be. Welcome to the Medicine Ball Podcast where we focus on giving your brain a six-pack by exercising your mind. And I'm going to tell you exactly what that means. Exercising your mind is dedicated to the idea of actively thinking and dealing with all situations by first seeking to do anything other than what you are normally programmed and or comfortable in doing. Now, I already know most people aren't used to this way of thinking, but just like anything you want to get better at, it requires effort, training, practice, and hard work. Now, if you're not someone who actively looks for alternatives as opposed to reacting in ways that require little to no effort, because let's be honest, that's easier, this will first require that you begin to look at things from an unbiased point of view, which in itself will increase your curiosity in life. Now, exercising your mind won't give you all the answers. You will, however, begin to live life with more peace, love, empathy, and understanding while equipping yourself with tips, tricks, and tools to help you deal with this thing called life and all of its adversities. Now, you already know, I'm no psychologist, I'm no psychiatrist, but I have been diagnosed with bipolar disorder, level one, for 16 years, and I got to a point in my life where I was looking at the person I was becoming versus the person I wanted to be. And that required me to look at many things, but mainly my mental health in a responsible way. So whether you diagnosed or not, or whether you related to or know someone who's diagnosed, or one of the many people who I'm sure can deal with some hacks, some tips, some tricks to deal with this thing called life and all of its adversities, this is your family. Maybe you just want an alternate point of view. This is the place. Welcome. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Season 2, Episode 8. Golf. No, literally golf, like golfing. G-O-L-F, golf. Why is it called that? If you've been following my podcast, you got to know I got something cooked up. Some kind of story, you know what I mean? I feel like my first podcast was based off of like, it was called the offensive line, but it was just catchy. It was based off of my experiences being an offensive lineman and relating it to my diagnosis or being, you know, diagnosed with a mental health illness and dealing with it. And I felt like I was kind of straying away from it. But as I grow, as y'all grow with me, as I do more research and and learn how to, you know, kind of tune in and and, and be unique and whatnot, I was like, let me get back to it. So golf. So it didn't start off like that. I'm going to tell y'all the the little presetting story. So, like, as I continue to talk to more and more people, you know, more people reach out to me for advice. More people ask me what they would do in certain situations. Or a lot of people will not necessarily directly ask you, but in like a side way, ask you, be like, I'm not coming to you for advice, but, you know, just say you happen to know somebody in this particular situation. I'd like to, you know, kind of know how you feel about it, but I'm not asking you for advice. But it's just like the one thing that I realize and I catch on to because, I, again, I try to be like ultra aware of like what other people are saying, empathy, listening, understanding, communication, words and things of that nature. But I I feel like I'm guilty of letting my passion overcome what I'm trying to do oftentimes. And I always tell people, like, emotions and logic don't mix. But I have to slow down and tell myself, like, passion is an emotion. So when I get what I call passion, and again, I got to realize that I might tell people, like, hey, that's not the right. What I call passion could be sensed as going hard on somebody or being a little bit rough or being a little bit blunt and cut chase and cut straight to the point with people and 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 i hear them saying like 
well, you didn't even pay attention to what I just said. You didn't even acknowledge what I said. And I like, I totally, not only did I acknowledge it, I understood it, but I understand also that you're coming with a problem and I, I'm trying to help you get to the problem. And as I continue to talk with more and more people and have more and more interactions, I realize like the, the main issue that happens with that is like, cause my, my intentions are good, but I, again, I'm being accountable. I tell people all the time that intentions ain't enough. You know, if you're five foot ten, you can attend to go to that to, to, to the NBA and play center. But you gotta have more than just attentions. You gotta put in effort and understanding behind those intentions, right? So it's like me being attended to want to help people and what can be seen honestly, and I can see it as being rough or too harsh or not listening and addressing things from the other point of view, is just me in a hurry to get people to see something that I may be able to see. And we talked about this on previous podcasts, like when you get real self-aware and you accept your weaknesses and you look for your weaknesses and try to find them and exploit them, when you look at other people, you don't even try to look at it, but it just becomes apparent and glaring. So I make an effort to be an understanding person and deal with things, you know, because it's, it's kind of starting to morph from a guy talking about how he was able to deal with his bipolar disorder to a guy who's kind of wise in some of the ways that he looks at things. So I know that's a responsibility and I have to, you know, deal with it accordingly. So I was like, what is the thing? And I was like, I know what it is. I know what it is. I It's like time and effort can be intertwined, right? So if something took you a long time to get to one point, it doesn't necessarily take you the same amount of time to get back if you put in double effort. So I was like, how can I think about this? And why golf? So golfing is something that, like I wasn't a person who was like, Tiger Woods is golfing and he's a really good golfer. I wanna do it, blah, 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 blah. Like my first instinct from golf, and mind you, my father has been playing golf for years, like serious, like he's good. But my first instinct was on some business tip, like where can I be a black guy and casually most likely to run into like a millionaire somebody with a corporation or something right like no like i'm telling y'all the truth this is how i got to golf initially i was like the golf course right the golf course but you know and me and i always tell y'all like me and my dad is, is to a much better place especially as he gets older and i'm like manning up more but i was just like man i'm not trying to do golf this dude studies it and i'm talking about like listen this guy has like a ball retriever that extends, right? Like before I got into it, I was just like, man, what's up with these $100 Tiger Woods balls that you just gonna dump into the woods? Why does this man have a laser pointer at the end of this little stick that looks like a weird piece of art? What's up with this little putting green that spits these balls back out? Why this dude got hula hoops all spread out everywhere and trying to hit the golf ball? I didn't know that. I just thought it was corny, but I was always kind of like in my heart, I had some kind of like, miscontent or hidden anger towards him which you know i got to a better place but it was like that's what it was so it was like kind of like i was interested in golf but i ain't really want to like i was like if i'm gonna do it i'm gonna go about it my way right so he has some clubs and he like you know the latest and the greatest so like his backup or old clubs is like some dope clubs it's like a hybrid now oh man because because i'm trying to be aware of everybody because the majority of my audience is women real quick ladies golf and i'm not talking putt putt those clubs, each of those clubs, they're called irons, or they have different numbers, or not just ladies, even if you don't know about golf, but you are a regular listen, listener. They're called irons, right? And it's a driver, there's a putter, and then, you know, it goes all the way up 
I mean, some kids have like all 12 of them, but long story short, the idea behind it, and it's like I played golf video games and I, I saw when you switch to clubs, you can only hit it so far, but I didn't understand it at that time. But the idea behind it is, say for instance, a seven, I love me a seven. You know what I mean? I, I whoop some of y'all at seven. I don't want to talk golf with a seven iron and embarrass some dudes. But anyway, let's say a seven, right? And I'm throwing it off, I, I, like, depending on the iron, no matter how hard you hit the ball, like if you was to get a perfect swing, perfect hit, perfect velocity and aim and everything, that ball is only going to go so far depending on the iron. So if you have a seven, you're not going to do, see, do, what Tiger Woods and them are doing with like 300 yards. Now, mind you, 100 yards is a football field, 300 yards on one hit, right? So again, and this goes back to everything I talk about. I did the research, but I was mentally lazy. I ain't really going into it the right way, but I went out there. I just started out with the clubs and the irons and I got a very competitive and athletic family, like some division one athletes, all of that. And I was with my cousin and like, he was just fire. Like, so literally we went out to the driving range and other than putt-putt, I had never really swung a golf club seriously before. And, like, the range I was at was upperty, upper-class range. Um, you know, white folks. You know what I mean? Literally, Stone Cold is not there no more, but Stone Cold Steve Austin. Definitely that man's been over. I've seen that man over there multiple times, right? So, go to the driving range, right? And I want to be clear. The driving range has these – the one I had had little stalls and, a, like, an upper deck – and then some stall, some areas weren't stalls. They were just more like open. They weren't covered. And you just practice hitting the ball as far as you can into where you want to. Because the game is more than just putt-putt. I'll be trying to tell people that. Like they say, drive for show. Drive. That's your driver, the biggest club, to hit it off the tee. That's what you see on TV with Tigers. But putt for dough. That's the boring part that if you don't know anything about golf, you're not watching when it's all quiet and they're getting mad and breaking their clubs because they missed those little five, six foot putts. That's because those are like half a million dollar putts sometimes, million dollar putts sometimes if you're a pro, literally. So we have the driving range. And like I said, it's uppity and it's like so many neat golf things that I'm not going to get into and funny things that happen. But like. Even though we were two black dudes and you would think we were out of place, like in that environment, if you can at least hit the ball or have, look presentable or like you know something about it, they'll talk to you. So like practice swings, right? Uh, I call me and my cousin was calling it a whiff because that's the sound it makes when you swing hard as heck. It goes because you had intentions on hitting the ball. So you put all your force into it. And because you might not understand how alignment and your follow through works at that time, it's just like, whew. so the white guys would just be quick to be like, it's pretty hard for a practice swing, wasn't it? <laughs> they just get on you. It was embarrassing. Then they had these little rails. And if you slice the golf ball, when you hear, if you've heard somebody say slice, that means the club face. So the driver, the flat part, the face, the fat part, you want to hit the ball in the center to get the maximum control or distance or whatever is when you turn in through your swing and you turn your club face before you hit the ball. And so it would go directly like to the left or the right instead of straight. And they had these little like, and it's like, I didn't put it together at the time, but obviously they knew these little gates. And it was only like knee high on the side of these little stalls where you would practice. And if you had a bad slice, it would just be like hit off of the rail and it'd be like, and now everybody looking at you. So all of that to say the pressure's on and my, I was doing everything so wrong and so uptight that my hand started swelling up. Like my, like my, my, my shoulder kind of was 
was was was getting sore like and anybody who knows me i i rarely thanks be to god i rarely get sick i ain't never had the flu or nothing and if i get hurt or sick or something like it's really serious but i couldn't even like turn the doorknob to get into my room and so somehow I let my cousin talk me up and we got a tea time at a course just just being fast. I think it was either Stone Mountain Golf Course or Southland Golf Course or Mystery Valley. One of those. But we had like paid and set up a tea time with the carts, all of that. We was going to get fresh and get the polo tees and all of that. And like the pressure was on once I started realizing as we're going to the range, almost the driver, the driving range almost every day, like. Yo, what am I going to do when I get out here and we got hit it over a lake or something? So at that point, man, I had spent so much time at the driving range. And it maybe wasn't a lot of time, but it was like, if you want to count like balls, because that's how you order them. You order them, you order them by the bucket of golf balls. So I had probably hit at that point no less than like a thousand golf balls. Hard as I possibly can, not understanding the mechanics and holding on to it. Now my hand hurt. Plus, I done popped off and we got an actual tee time at a golf course where somebody may be behind you or in front of you. And, like, you can't be up there just, like, missing the ball. You got to, at the bare minimum, hit that joint so you can keep moving or you got to let them play through. Now, this is all lingo that I learned as I started to do more research. But I finally come to my dad, and I talked about this on a previous podcast, and I'm like, man... I don't know what's going on with my swing. This dude, Ike, my cousin Ike, he can hit the ball, everything. And my dad a trash talker, too. So I'll be like, man, he can hit the ball every time. He's like, yep, hand-eye coordination. Like, he one of those dudes. <laughs> yep, hand-eye coordination. You can't hit it, right? And this is what I told the previous story about. I finally went to the driving range with him, some range that I didn't even know about that was on an actual course with Nets. And his drill was very simple, like, because I was hitting at the driving range off of a tee, off of artificial green and all this. He was just like, yo, just make contact with the ball three times. And so I put effort in. I listened to what he was saying. That little handheld gadget that I saw with the laser pointer at the end was actually something to make sure your grip is held right. And when you swing, it's a laser pointer so you can see where your swing will be pointing. I'm starting to understand that now. I'm starting to understand based on him because he just talks trash, but it made sense. He was like, son, golf balls to be relaxing. You're too uptight. And that's when I started researching and realizing, and I got into books. I was using his thing. I was, I was putting the hula hoops out in the yard that I was cracking jokes on him for. I was measuring the, uh, the, the distance of the irons and the follow-throughs of my swing and having to commit. I realized I had to get a golf club and loosen my grip in that Maybe sometimes your swing be on grip strength. And to be a man and someone be like, yo, yeah, your grip strength is weak. If you're not having the effort or openness to, like, get better, you're going to take that some type of way. So I got it together, and I would love to tell y'all that I was able to go to the golf course and whoop this dude. But I was able to hold my own. I could tell you that. And eventually, with practice, effort. And that, because now I was up there with those millionaires on the golf course, and they sitting up there looking at their watch. And, I mean, it's just like golf is so crazy. Um, This one, this golf course, I think, had, like, houses in, built on it, right? And even my cousin, the big shot, like, I think he, <laughs> this was whole one of our golfing career at this course. And his first shot is a slice, and it was, like, on the movies. I hear the uh, neighbor's window go, and me and him looked at each other like, oh, and then it was like three or four white guys behind us. And we turned and looked at them in the face. And their facial expression was like, yo, that happens all the time. Are y'all going, like, what y'all trying to do? But 
I was able to hold my own and now I'm decent. I'm not even good because that like golf takes a lot of effort, a want, a desire. Like if you're not getting paid and or betting or have a whole crew of guys who are golfing, like you're not just going to casually go get a golf habit and learn the clubs, learn a hybrid club versus a, a driver or a club. Or why is this a hybrid or a putter? Or why does this club cost? It's a reason if you if you got a, a, somebody who gets golf equipment, and you've had to ever buy one of them Sasquatch golf clubs and just something like that, which I know now playing, like, it's a reason some of them clubs is like $89 and some of them clubs is like $400 and up. It's because it makes your swing easier because I had to, what I under, uh, understood also, because you know how I get down double points, bing, bing. What I also understood was some things in life that you feel are tense or from the outside look like they require you to be tense and power and swinging hard, such as a golf swing is really more about motion and relaxing and muscle memory and being controlled. And anyone who plays golf being tense can throw your whole golf game all the way off because you need certain muscles and tendons to be limber and certain ones to be strong. Cause like you want to have a, a proper grip with the golf club so you don't throw it which is what the glove is to help you with, but you don't want to overgrip it to where you had, like I did, like my hand swelling up, the tendonitis or something like that. So all of that to say, LS3, what the heck does that have to do with it? Golf. Golf. Getting over life fast. Getting over life fast. And I'm going to wait to this next seg uh, to let y'all know what that has to do with the beginning of this when it comes to dealing with people and seeing situations. But other thing, I'm, I'm going to make y'all wait for it, all right? Yo, thank you for tuning in. Hopefully that was something interesting and funny to get y'all in, man. And I'm going to bring the lesson behind it. So just check this beat. And I'm going to get right back to you. Medicine Ball with your boy LS3. Yeah, yeah. Medicine Ball, Season 2, Episode 8, Golf, G-O-L-F, Golf, Golfing, Getting Over Life Fast. Hey, I know I picked that beat a lot, but like the title of that beat is Champion. Like when I be making my beats, well, I do too, still do from time to time, but I was doing like the way that it made me feel and it's like a champion beat and I just wanted to clarify just for, as proof, you know, no proof needed, but like at the beginning of that, what that guy says in the background is known as your beat tag. He says, BBN, you bloody something else, which I'm glad the beat drops to cover it up because, you know, I want to be mindful of my audience. But BBN is my company that I own. BBN Boss by Nature, LLC. You can go look that up in the state of Georgia. And uh, Lorenzo Scott is the owner on that. So, yo, big up to that champion. But back to it, uh, golf, man. Season two, episode eight. So when it comes to just like my diagnosis, because I was talking about dealing with people and, you know, it's not that I'm saying anything mean, but it's like, I'm like, okay, yeah, they make you feel like this. Now, what are you going to do about it? Like someone might come to me and be like, well, my mother just makes me feel so disappointed. And like me in the way that I think, I'm thinking like, yo, you better treat whatever it is. And side note, let me throw that out here, here too, along when it comes to dealing with people, just to stack on top of that double points. Ding, ding. So. When it comes to dealing with people, 
and I, I look on the outside and I see in that situation, I always use the exact same formula. So I guess this ties in still. I use the exact same formula because what most often it is, is when somebody's hurt by somebody, you want something from that person. But that's not the thing. The thing is, is that you want something from a person that isn't capable of giving you that exact thing that you need. My mother hurt my feelings. Oh, so you want your mother to apologize? No, I want her to apologize about the things she did from, to me when I was a kid 30, 40 years ago. And I use the same principle to lawsuit. I'm like, listen, man, this is a lawsuit. If you want to put it in a business terms, when it's that situation, it's a lawsuit. You asking for $10 million. This person literally only has $2 million. So are you going to take $2 million or are you going to demand that 10 and then not get nothing? And the, the, the metaphor is the $10 million is you want your mother to apologize about something she might not even be mentally able to remember. But maybe you might just need your mother to be more understanding. That's $2 million. You feel me? I use the same principle. And I also use that principle with myself when it comes to dealing with people. Like, yo, you want $10 million from this person. They only got two. And I'm a businessman. I'm going to take the two. And a lot of times when dealing with people and, you know, we have these accountability conversations like it, it it rubs them the wrong way because it's like they don't want me to be disappointed doing them because i'll get to the point where if i've told them that story they can see where i've decided that yo i'm just gonna get two million out the deal i'm only gonna i'm gonna settle for that because you can't that, that's all you're capable of and it makes them feel some type of way so that's the first thing but i'll be telling people like yo that's accountability that is accountability right but when it comes to looking at people so i just stacked on a little extra a little double point on like how it comes when it deals with relations and situations what i do but when it comes to me dealing with people i use the golf analogy and my and my hurting of my wrist and how serious it was and how much information needed to be taken in just to get to a point to not embarrass myself on the golf course because that's what i don't realize sometimes when i go to help people who ask me for my help and that's what i need to ask up front like okay what's your turnaround time I was able to be able to look decent on the golf course with such a complicated situation and, situ and circumstances in a small amount of time. Remember I said time is, is can be relative to effort because I put in so much effort in the little bit of time that I had that it, it, it was able to, you know, give a decent result in that short amount of time. But when it comes to dealing, so I'm going to switch it over to my diagnosis. When I decided that I wasn't necessarily going to like just take a pill and that like I was going to be accountable and I was looking at the person I was becoming at this point, like I'm 35. I'm thinking like a lot of these habits I built over these 30 something my year, because this was like two years ago when I like started trying to get it together, have been built over like literally 33 years. Just based on distance and time and logic, like it will take me 33 years to get to a clean slate. And be able to build and be built towards the person I want to be. But no, it doesn't. It doesn't. I don't have 33 years. So then I so I was able to convert that with that with my diagnosis of race and thoughts, you know, depression. I had to take advantage of the times when I was up and like do my research, like learn, meditate, pray to God, build my relationship with God, uh, Learn how to communicate more efficiently. Learn not to be mad. Speak on it. Like, and I did it really, really quick. So when a lot of times when I deal with people 
And this is more so for personal relationships because I always say this on a podcast, but really in my personal relationships, if you listen to this, you gotta know where you are. If your mom is getting on your nerves and I'm on you, I'm not gonna use that one because, you know, a lot of times it'd be the, the, the thing that happens when it comes to parents specifically is by the time we're old enough, they're old too. So now not only do you want this person to help you heal from something from your childhood, they don't have as much time. So time be of the essence with that. Like, yo, you don't want something to happen to your parents and you got a problem with them and they freaking 70 something and, and you 30 or 40 something like and you not slowing down on standing firm or you just got to demand that your parent does this in a specific way in order for you to get to a better place when you may have a better understanding of it. So really, yeah, I, I want to use that situation because I run across that often. And it's like, ultimately, what I'm saying is, what changes do you want to make in your life? That's that's what you need to start on. If you, if you understand that you want to have changes, how soon are you trying to make them? What kind of changes are there? Is it just an argument or you know, somebody's, your wife or your husband don't make up the bed every day? Or is this something like this person did something traumatic that scarred me for life? We have to be accountable and we have to realize, and even when I talk about mental laziness, that, and I use myself as an example because I want to be open and just like show you guys that I'm open to applying the stuff that I'm talking about. So I get it and I'm working on that, but it's like, we do have to understand that if we want the results sometimes, that we want when we want them you you can't you can't scapegoat it getting over life fast and i'm able to stuff you know that people would normally be hung up on for days weeks months at a time even years even for their lifetime not all but most situations i don't allow it to hang up on me on that because i don't have time it's either something that i'm going to address as soon as possible if I want it bad enough. Otherwise, I got to realize it's just an inconvenience. So we need to decide when it comes to dealing with situations or facing life's adversities or a goal that you set or something that you want to do that may seem, uh, may seem uh, unattainable. How fast do you want it and how much do you want it? Time is related to effort in that sense. And the more that we can do this, and again, I'm not talking about a specific situation, but this is more so letting you guys know what I do and why I was able to do it based on my, what some might consider a, a crazy circumstance, being diagnosed bipolar, not taking a medicine and not no longer seeing a therapist, which uh, we can always get more into and whatnot. But it's like, I had to take advantage of those times when I wasn't depressed. When those times when my thoughts wasn't racing and I could get away from that, I had to take advantage of those times and like, okay, how can I meditate? Or, yo, I don't want my thoughts to race as much. I don't want to get angry as much. It takes some meditation. Meditation is whack, but I'm for it because I want this bad enough. So keep that in mind. What you want to do. You know, I, it's so funny because it's, it's like, yo, the, the, uh, LS3 or, you know, some people call me Trey. I'm the third. But, like, yo, this kid's been taking my lunch money half my life and I'm just over it. And I'm okay, so what's up? You trying to eat tomorrow or, you know, you can starve for a couple of more. You know what I mean? And I know I, I know how that can sound harsh, but the intent is, is that I understand there are solutions to these things. And a lot of times we spend more time running from the solution, hiding from it, acting as it doesn't exist to avoid having to face it head on because we may not know how. But if you don't even if you don't know how 
the first step in effort and making a quick turnaround on your golf swing or getting over life fast is the effort you're willing to put in with the amount of time that you have and where you're trying to get. I mean, it's up to you. Do you want to play golf? I mean, with this particular issue that's bothering you, do you want to play golf? Do you want to be on the golf course on Monday morning or are you just going to cancel it and look bad? For me, I didn't want to look bad on the golf course, but not only that, in life. I wanted to show people that, hey, if you deal with it responsibly and you actively exercise your brain, not only can it help you if you're diagnosed, it will help you just as a regular person in life to be adaptable. Get your golf swing together, all right? Season 2, episode 8. It's about that time. So I'm going to let y'all go. Yo, real fast. Next time, here's y'all here y'all assignment. Two assignments. Number one, go catch this podcast wherever you at. Like, subscribe, and please share it. Join the group online, Medicine Ball. Facebook is a Facebook group, Medicine Ball um, like page. Also, if you don't want to go search for all that, you can go to MedicineBallLS3.com. And everything is there. Medicine Ball LS and the number three. Don't spell out three. Medicine Ball LS, the number three.com. All the links is there. Watch my webpage grow. That's the first thing. Call to action. Number two, the next time you get, come against something that you might, you know, and again, it depends on where you at. But if you listen to this podcast or even if you're a new listener, go back and check some of the previous podcasts out. Know where you at. Right. First, know where you are mentally, what you can handle. What, what your emotions can deal with. And I'm not saying it in a harsh way, but I'm, I'm trying to let you know where you can implement your golf swing because, like, my goal wasn't to go to the Masters because some stuff is just, like, crazy. You know, I could have practiced 24 hours a day. I wouldn't have been able to go and join the Masters. You know what I mean? But know where you're at. Know what your goal is. And then how bad do you want it? And then realizing it is obtainable if you want it bad enough. And if you want to learn to exercise your mind and just be able to jump from idea to idea or concept to concept responsibly, intelligently, not just willy nilly everywhere, but to be able to quickly say, "Mm, well, yeah, I understand. I don't like this, but this makes sense as well. I can see if you want to be that type of person when it comes to increasing your curiosity in life and being open, you got to check your golf swing, know where you at and realize if it's something that's really bothering you and not a minor inconvenience. You can't put that effort in and turn yourself around, all right? So that was the second thing. I'm sorry, in case I wasn't clear on the second thing. The next time that thing that keeps you up at night and bothering you crosses your mind, or, I mean, it's going to be a ton of them that we see until you get to a certain point that we see as big things in our lives or big issues. You need to figure out, is it a minor inconvenience or something you're trying to change quickly? And quickly is not a few days. Exercising your brain won't give you all the answers, but, like, you don't want to take 40 years to learn how to forgive people if you're already 40, all right? Yo, if nobody's told y'all and you listening to this right now, if you're listening and you made it to this point, whether you made it to this point or not, but if you didn't make it to this point, you wouldn't get what I'm about to say. I believe in you, all right? I believe in you. There's people just like you. You can do it. I know it's rough. I know it's rough. But, yo, just push one more day. I believe in you. Okay, this is your family, man. Whether you diagnosed or not, thank you again for rocking with the kid. Medicine ball until we meet again next week, my friend. I love y'all. Thank you for being with me. Keep your head up. You got this. Yeah, yeah.